Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by the Digital Marketing Institute, giving you insights from industry experts to supercharge your marketing skills. Today, we have a special bonus episode for you. We bring you a recent conversation that the CEO of the Digital Marketing Institute, Ken Fitzpatrick, had with renowned digital marketing expert, Neil Schaefer, on Neil's own podcast, Maximize Your Social Influence. Neil is also one of the DMI's industry advisory champions, and their conversation is a fascinating look into how marketing is changing as we progress through 2020, a year like no other. Ken shares insights from a survey of members that the DMI conducted to learn how the coronavirus crisis has affected their work and careers. The guys also chat about how customer experience and the digital landscape are shifting in general. So here it is, Neil Schaefer with the DMI's CEO, Ken Fitzpatrick. All right. So today we have Ken Fitzpatrick, who is CEO of the Digital Marketing Institute. Now, some of you, if you're listening to this from the United States, uh, might not be as familiar with this institute as those in Europe, Middle East, uh, especially those in Ireland, United Kingdom. Digital Marketing Institute is really one of the global leaders in providing digital marketing education to uh, professionals, students, what have you. I found out about Digital Marketing Institute because they invited me to be on their Global Advisory Council, which I'm honored to be a member of. Uh, And after I found out what they were doing, I had a chance to visit them at their headquarters in Dublin when I was teaching at the Irish Management Institute. And just a fantastic organization that is creating world-class content, um, but really going above and beyond that to really become a resource for enterprises that are you know, digital marketing talent is actually becoming harder and harder to find. So we're going to talk about a lot of things. And, and you know, uh, Ken and I, we could talk just for like two hours about what we <laughs> talked about at our last advisory meeting and the research findings. But but today we are in the midst of COVID-19. And this does sort of change um, change the rules in many ways for, for companies and for marketers. But before we get to that, Ken, uh, I gave a brief introduction. Could you please introduce yourself as well as the Digital Marketing Institute for those that are not familiar with your organization? Sure. Thanks, Neil. Um, well, you gave an incredibly brilliant introduction. I don't know if I can top that. But um, yes, I'm Ken Fitzpatrick, CEO of the Digital Marketing Institute based here in, in Dublin, in Ireland, where it's currently raining, which is hugely unsurprising. Um, But uh, DMI, as we call it, is a training and certification business uh, for digital marketing, um, for marketing professionals typically who want to upskill and stay relevant in uh, digital marketing. So we have about 75,000 members and we've we've certified over 20,000 people all over the world over the last uh, nine or 10 years or so. And really our focus is on uh, becoming the largest uh, certification provider of digital marketing all over the world. So that's what we sort of spend our days trying to work on. Great. So we've all seen with COVID-19, it's brought tremendous change to the way that businesses can communicate with, with consumers, with clients, what have you. So from your perspective, and obviously seeing the world of digital marketing from 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 where you're at. What are the changes that COVID-19 has brought about to marketing, the digital marketing that everybody listening really needs to better understand sure. and take action on? Okay. So uh, if you'd be pleased to know we actually just completed a bunch of research with our member base because we actually wanted to find out how this was affecting them. So you know, obviously, we're not the first people to run uh, research in this area in the last couple of months. But 
but actually this is very specific to marketing professionals so it's probably of interest uh, uh, to your listeners so uh, we we polled about 47,000 people and we got just shy of about 500 responses so it's pretty uh, robust in terms of size i think there's three main pots of changes that are coming out here the first is people's personal situation which is obviously hugely impacted from in terms of marketing professionals so 38% of the people who responded to us have had a change in their employment status of some description. And I don't mean a positive change. In most cases, that was a negative change. So 25% actually said that they were now unemployed, um, which is quite significant. Uh, this research was probably done about six weeks ago, Neil. So some of those figures may have changed since as some economies begin to emerge on the other side. But just it's a universal impact is probably the key conclusion I, I took from that. Um, and those who were still working actually have more work to do, which is also unsurprising, uh, often because there's less people around than there was to, to be able to do it because, you know, companies have let people go. Um, and the vast majority have had their salary impacted in, in, in some way or nearly half said in a negative way that their salaries, a lot of people have had their salaries sort of um, uh, frozen, but but nearly half have said there's actually been a negative impact. So I think just even for a professional operating in that environment, that's tough. You know, that's a tough change because there's a lot of uncertainty about the future and uncertainty for people at a personal level in terms of their career. So that, that for me was the first big sort of cluster of changes that, that, so uh, the second is companies, two thirds of them said that their company's revenue was down. OK, and th- a third of them said that they were down more than 30 percent. So that's, again, a big challenge. Often people, I think 92 percent of them said they were working from home at the time, which is, again, unsurprising. But dealing with that in as a marketer is challenging. You know, what do you uh, how do you respond to that? What's your role in trying to change that? Um, and I think the problem when revenues fall is that the third big part of this is what happens to people spend. Um, and half of them have had their marketing budgets cut. Um, so, um, again, not hugely surprising, about another 25% said it's flat. So you're talking about three quarters of people where they, they may have the same, but most less to spend than they they did a, a few months ago. So is there a bright light in there? Yes, there is. So the bright light is that 49% of them said their digital marketing spend had actually increased. And only 11% had said they had seen a decrease, which is, I presume, people who were just so affected by COVID that they had to make cuts everywhere. So you're seeing digital leading the way out of uh, the difficulties that people are facing. Digital leading the way in helping companies respond to a loss in revenues and marketers having to double down on their activities in, in this space. So we said to them, what are you doing now or what's different or what's happened? Um, uh, some trends that were happening have just now gone into uh, hyperdrive. So uh, what did they say was gone or reduced print events? direct mail, no huge surprises here, Neil, but they just 
they've taken a huge shift even faster in terms of of the move from there to digital. What has increased everything from email and social uh, to content. People said content is somewhere they've really, really focused in on. Um, Very often thought leadership-led content. People said We've got through the phase of telling everybody we're still here <laughs> and that, you know, uh, kind of we're all in this together. And now people are trying to move to the thought leadership position of of saying, well, OK, we're not just here. We're actually doing some different things uh, at the moment. Um, and the last piece is the website If has always been important, as we know, but it's actually becoming even more important. So it's really for many businesses who have physical presences, it's the only window that they have to the world now. Um, and UX, SEO, and e-commerce all came up as 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 items that, again, were probably important pre-COVID, but have had more money and more emphasis put on them uh, since since the crisis happened. Um, well, the, those are big, some of the big changes that people said. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Ken. That's really interesting. You know, it's funny... For instance, in influencer marketing specifically, one company that I know of, they cut 30% of their staff. They're like an influencer marketing agency. Whereas another influencer marketing uh, tool company I talked to said their sales have never been higher. Yeah. So, um, and I know that the marketers that I talk to that are, you know, obviously people that listen to this show are very involved in digital and, and, and social. Uh, they've, they've never been busier and, and they're finding new business. I know that I've found new business. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I would tend to believe that those that were never very digitally mature and also depends on the industry, I assume, are probably the ones that took um, that, that took the biggest cut. Whereas, yeah. you know, assuming you already had the infrastructure in place, you already had you're already selling digital products and services yeah. or e-commerce, um, yeah. then you're, you're probably although sales will go down. Yes. And with that, you're going to need to cut marketing budget. It still becomes a more, it's never been as essential part of your business as it is today, right? 100%. A retailer friend of mine who obviously had to close his outlets was online because he had infrastructure built, but they'd never they'd never gone to, they had a website, but it was never the full Monty, as it were. Within 48 hours, he was up and running online. And as you say, although his uh his sales are down, he's actually bringing in income that otherwise he wouldn't have been able to do. Um, we ourselves have a lot of partners who deliver programs in the classroom. We immediately allowed those uh, customers to use our learning management system so that those programs could be delivered online. And, and about 30 of our partners did that, and it enabled them to keep trading through what could be a, a a non-existent commercial time for many of those when they can't run classroom program. And yeah, and the, the other interesting point you brought up, and this is recommendations, or I should say advice I've been giving my clients, is you know when th- there may be a time where you need to sort of stop, for instance, you know advertising spend. Yeah. Um, th- there are some marketing expenses that I realize are being what we would call rationalized right now. Yeah. But those basics of, you know, where should you invest that when you can't do events, where should you invest that budget? I know a lot of that from what I hear is going into influencer marketing, but I'm a big fan also of that, that backbone of your company, the, the user interface, you know, revision that you've been wanting to do for the last two years, right? The SEO, refine the e-commerce store, the things on the back end that are only going to pay dividends now is really the time to double down. Sort of like in Southern California, 
all these highway construction projects are, mm. you know, full steam ahead right now because yeah. you have less cars on the road. It makes it easier to do that, right? 100%. So in the same way, the, the infrastructure, yeah, the fact that people are talking about that makes a lot of sense. And uh, people moved from events to webinars almost overnight because they, it was the only option to them. Um, and people are comfortable with webinars. And now people are saying, well, actually, do you know what? I may never go back to all the events I previously had because these are working out for me. Um, and I. I think one huge thing in the middle of this deal is that the the consumer behavior has changed as well. And that's the other thing that, that we need to be aware of. So what we're hearing is that people, consumers, uh, particularly on the B2C side, are much more engaged because they very often have more time on their hands. So they're spending more time researching. They're making more considered decisions because maybe they have less uh, money and purchasing power. And... Um, they're probably a little bit more skeptical um, and they've got a huge amount of choice. So items like, uh, that's why the website's so important. That's why uh, something like influencer marketing is much more important so that you can help people decide uh, between one option rather than the other. So you're dealing with a consumer who's now probably tougher to get over the line. Um, and, Things like customer service, which you had all set up in a beautiful way in a physical environment, may now have to be redone in order to work in an online environment. And and people who can get that stuff right are actually with with the customers who are maybe a little bit more demanding than they were in the past. That's going to be the make or break. So that that reaction to the consumer behavior changes, I think, not just the platform changes, is actually pretty pretty important. And it, it actually, you know, in crisis is opportunity and it actually gives tremendous opportunity yeah. to those brands that might not have been on store shelves of, of the big stores because yeah. people just aren't going to those stores as much, Correct. but they're searching online for content, right? Correct. Or they're in social media being yeah. influenced and, and therefore that role of content and getting out there uh, will provide opportunities for businesses, right? I think so. And that's why I think people have moved. I think you're right. I think content has just become even more important than it was. And there's a proliferation of content. But companies that are moving fast, that are making decisions, um, rather than perfecting decisions that are getting into the midst of the new world, seem to be performing better. Um, and as you said earlier, digital is actually the shining light in this because it's it's leading the way out for many companies. Yeah, so uh, all of you listening, you're obviously in, in a really, really good position. And even though there, we we talked or Ken talked the survey at the beginning of people losing jobs, yep. uh, losing, I, I, I still believe, Ken, I, I, I'm sure you'd agree that there's still a lack of really experienced and trained oh, digital marketers and, and the demand is only going to increase with 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 what we're seeing so i couldn't agree more uh Neil, because actually uh we had done uh quite an amount of research with marketers all over the world about a year ago and the biggest challenge for many marketers is staying ahead of the pace of change that happens in in the market um even experienced digital marketers there's always something new. There's always a new channel, a new platform that you need to get your head around that, you know, gone are the days where a customer dealt with you in one way only. Now their touch points could be 10, 12 touch points that they do with a company on. So customers are much more real time than they were. And uh, marketers have told us that staying ahead of that change 
is actually really important to them, not only because of the help that they can give to their company, but it actually keeps them in demand uh, at a personal level for, for roles. And as you say, it's difficult to find those people. So whoever can kind of stay ahead of that change um, is going to be in a very, very good position, particularly as uh, opportunities, I think, increase around the digital space. We call it the... They have marketers have the fear of phobia, fear of becoming irrelevant because they're, they're always afraid that they're going to fall behind the, the next thing. Um, so that that's sort of staying ahead of the game or or staying uh, up to date. That's really important. And in our member research, that's why unsurprisingly, a lot of them said, look, I'm going to use a lot of marketers are saying, I'm going to use this crisis as a time to upskill and reskill and take some time out to do some training and education because I know I'm in a good place here when we when we when things get better or even now. But if I'm not sort of ahead of that, then then the fear and I don't like to talk about fears too much, but that's just underneath there. That just I don't want to be the guy who doesn't know the answer to the next question or the next thing that's happening in digital. So similar to companies should be investing in infrastructure, professionals should also be investing in their infrastructure. It's a great time to do that. They now have that time on their hands to to get up to speed on everything. Yeah, so you're seeing a lot of online learning platforms, ourselves included, huge amount of increase in in usage. Um, Everything, I think, from people doing stuff they always wanted to do at a personal level to stuff for their career. for for us, I think if we were if I was to say what should you focus on in, in terms of those areas, um, the CMOs tell us that there's there's about the five top areas that they think are the most important today, okay. the most important tomorrow, and the toughest to recruit for. Those are the things that I think that marketers should look at. So, just that for your listeners, customer experience was first. Um, which was obviously a, a very sort of trendy topic over the last 12 months. Digital strategy um, is, or sorry, data and analytics was next, um, which is an interesting one. Digital strategy was third, which is a little bit of a catch-all. Um, next one was web design optimization and UX. Um, that's that's a big area. And then content marketing was was fifth. Social actually came in sixth, which is, I think more a reflection of um, the fact that a lot of people are, are you know, are using social uh, for quite a significant amount of time now. Um, but I actually think that that's going to change again and become important. So if I'm out there thinking, what do I need to upskill on? Those are the sort of areas I'd be thinking about. So that those were based on the survey that we talked about at our meeting. Correct. Correct. So I'm just curious, what do you think with COVID-19, what impact that's had um, customer experience, for instance, when yeah. I mean, it's all digital. I mean, it's still there, but yeah, I, I that's a really brilliant point, Neil, because my dishwasher is broken downstairs, right? And we've been trying to get it fixed for weeks now, um, which which has resulted in all of us in the house having to wash and dry dishes, which is an unusual uh, skill for my children to learn. Uh, but um, but their problem, for example, in dealing with our query on customer service side is that they're all working at home and they can't record telephone calls uh, using the technology they have at home. So therefore, I can't speak to the customer resolutions team. <laughs> so it's a small example of 
a, a situation where their delivery of customer experience is poor at the moment, not necessarily due to the intention or intent of them as individuals. They want to sort it out. But because they can't record, they can't talk to you. And therefore, as a customer, you're feeling very frustrated. And I I think that's the biggest challenge is delivering customer service in an online only world is incredibly hard. And this, I think, so I've had a similar experience, our microwave oven okay. for two weeks now. And, but because this manufacturer was set up digitally, yeah. I was able to do everything online. And therefore, whether it was COVID-19 or whether it was before, it probably would have taken the same amount of time. Yeah. It would have been the same experience. And I guess that's really the question. Obviously, the, the company in Ireland that you speak of hasn't been able to do that, but that's, yeah. that really comes down to that digital infrastructure. And obviously, we focus on the marketing side, but it comes across the entire customer journey, right? 100%. And, and that's the challenge. So yeah. I want to ask you, you know, you talked about the fear of being irrelevant. Yeah. So, you know, every few years, there's a new social platform. Yeah. Uh, the flavor this year is TikTok. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, we got to be doing QR codes or. Oh, you know, wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Over the course of time, how, how does Digital Marketing Institute, I guess you have a, a huge user base that you can tap into for, for their insight. How do you decide at one point, we need to include TikTok in our curriculum or we need to do something on, on, on this subject or that subject? What's the... There's three sources of that information, Neil. One is the wonderful and brilliant council and uh, global council of advisors that we use. That is a genuine... You guys tend to give us insights into what's happening next. We talk to the members and we ask them what's missing and we do that through tons and tons of customer touch points, uh, instant surveys, and so on. And then we also talk to our partners, like uh, academic partners um, um, and, and training companies and corporates that we deal with to say, look, what are we missing here? What's, what's, what's coming up? The rule of thumb that we tend to use is that if it's brand new and it's bright and shiny, that's great, and we'll provide membership content around that. But we probably won't test you on it until – it has moved slightly more into the mainstream where it's 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 not just two percent of companies using it, it is a bigger percentage of companies using it. And the reason for that is we we provide news and we provide information uh for the latest things, but for a market a marketer can only do a certain number of campaigns and approaches to its customer base over the course of a year. If you're constantly moving just to the next thing that looks kind of cool and interesting, you're actually going to end up wasting a lot of time and effort. So we tend to uh, provide that information in news form and then put it into the syllabus when it's sort of reached a tipping point of being, you know, this is something that's in most companies' um, uh, marketing mix or marketing activities. So TikTok's definitely in there already yeah. because it's moved so quick. Um but I still think TikTok is still one where people are figuring out exactly how, how to get the most out of it. But if you're talking about influencer and you're talking about TikTok, those are two beautiful words right now. And that is really hitting home as particularly for targeting, uh, you know, the younger demographic. It's it's where it's at at the moment. And, and um, you know, people like uh, Charlie D'Amelia and so on, they're just... What they do matters to a core demographic, uh, typically of teenagers and the like. Um, but uh, so I think TikTok is probably more than a 
fad or a phase or a you know it's it's kind of moved in but i still think the challenge there is to work out what am i going to do on tiktok that's actually going to make a difference for my business or should i be there in the first place is it actually relevant to me yeah it's funny it's social media marketing world which is the largest social media marketing conference it was right before lockdown the first week of march right and uh, tiktok i'll never forget like during one of the the breakout sessions there was like a like a free tiktok uh, you know, presentation going on in this networking area, and it was just overflowing with people, and it was obviously top of mind. But you know, can I, I just think since we've been in this industry a while, this historical perspective of okay, I remember when there were people saying B two Bs need to use Snapchat, yeah, or um, you know, everything is about Google Plus. You just yeah. you got to be on Google Plus because it's Google, yeah, and MySpace, yeah, MySpace, exactly. So I think marketers really need to have a dose of sanity. And for those listening, you know, uh, I'm sure you'd agree, Ken, it really, TikTok is that if you do serve that demographic, yeah. then it's obviously critical. And, and I would consider the TikTok demographic and the Snapchat demographic but, to be to be very similar. Although very TikTok, a lot of older people are, are trying to use it. Um, and they're not using it in the way it was intended to be used, but every social network morphs. So we'll see what happens, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. I think you're right. It's at the moment it's for a certain demographic. Something like Instagram started as a more interactive fixed demographic. That's much more mainstream now. I think a lot of brands, mainstream brands, as it were, could live on Insta quite easily. And that's that's what if I was in a more traditional marketing role or marketing in uh, in an industry where I'm looking at an older demographic, I think Insta uh, might offer some some interesting options for people. Yeah. And I see just looking at my, you know, my own children are my, uh, you know, my, my, my test, uh, test mice or test guinea pigs, whatever you want to call them. Um, seeing now that will, because all the parents are on Instagram, I see a lot of them now actually going back to Snapchat. Correct. Because the parents were not there, right? So, but yeah. TikTok has never been about that. You know, you could call. I've seen data that shows Snapchat as more of a mobile messaging app. Yeah, right. Yeah. More and 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 young people do use Instagram the same way for the for the messaging capability. I don't think TikTok, although I'm sure it has a capability, was not really. It's more about that entertainment value, right? Correct. Right is, is is a distinctive uh, differentiator. Yeah, I think there is. Yes. I think you've hit the nail head. That entertainment angle is probably the differentiator of TikTok. Hello, a quick reminder from me that if you're enjoying our podcast series, why not become a member of the DMI so that you can enjoy loads more content from webinars and case studies to toolkits and more real-life insights from the world of digital marketing. Head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com forward slash ahead of the game to sign up for free. Now back to the podcast. Any other things on the horizon that people listening should be aware of? Or? No, I think people get are busy enough getting their head around how to run their their business and keep their customers happy um, in in a pure online world. But there is a little bit of back to basics going on at the moment, Neil, in terms of revisit my website, revisit my SEO strategy, um, and I I think that was the message I was hearing from a lot of people. I was expecting to see. Um, more feedback around, say, newer platforms or whatever. But it was actually, you kind of forget that something like direct mail or print or events, they're still so huge for many of companies that are out there that actually the removal of them was bigger news and moving and getting my content strategy right um, or my website right or my email strategy, you know, an old school digital approach. But that stuff matters, particularly when 
you know, you might be increasing your data capture on your website and so on. What are you going to do with all these people who are you now having a free trial? So there's a, I, I just got a sense that digital is winning, but there's a bit of digital back to basics kind of going on as well. So looking forward, we already talked about that survey with, you know, customer experience, digital strategy, what have you. Looking forward as to the skill sets yeah. that marketers or for, you know, there, there's always a contingent of, of entrepreneurs and business owners that listen to this podcast as yeah. well. So looking forward, what are those key areas that, you know, vis-a-vis digital marketing that our listeners should be focusing on, you think? Yeah, I think the ones I, I mentioned earlier are probably the ones that are on top of CMO's minds. And if they're on top of CMO's minds, then they're probably driving the change. Um, I look, I'm slightly biased in the sense that we generally we provide both specialized but but kind of general digital marketing training. Um, and I, I always think a good place to start, even if you're working in digital marketing, which a lot of our uh, students and members do, having a broad brush uh, uh, view and knowledge of digital as a whole is is actually really critical. So, you know, you don't want to be the TikTok specialist and, you know, in a company and then they decide to, to use a different platform. So I would actually say, you know, just again, given the current climate, then that getting that broad across social, across analytics, across SEO, across PPC, the typical sort of traditional things and influencer marketing, that's the best way to approach it right now. And don't pigeonhole yourself into an area until you feel actually, you know what, I really want to do CX and I think this is going to. So yes, CX, analytics, website optimization, the things I talked about earlier, they're, they're in most demand. Uh, but I think having a, a broad base and actually, Neil, since you and I spoke, DMI has done a deal with the American Marketing Association. So if you study our, our uh, kind of core DMI Pro program, you actually you do one course, you do one test and you get a cert from us and you get a cert from the American Marketing Association. So I think that's a good thing for people to tag onto their resume in, in these tough times. Oh, that's fantastic news. Congratulations. Thanks for yeah, It's funny. I mean, just getting back to basics, I see so much email marketing communication from companies that never sent me an email before, right? Um, and in fact, I've done a series of webinars. I've probably done a dozen or so webinars since the lockdown started. I think the most popular one in terms of numbers of attendees as well as number of clicks was on one on email marketing and lead magnets, right? So it, it, there's something to be said for getting back to bases and making sure you have all your bases covered because these are all the different digital touch points. I mean, the way I look at it, Ken, I really simplified. I go, okay, if you need to have a digital first mindset with your marketing, where what are people doing digitally when they're online? Well, they're either searching, they're reading email, and yes, they may be looking at their text, but because they're at home, there's probably more email reading going on. Yeah, on the yeah I agree. Or they're in social media, right? And, yeah. and you need to have all those bases covered. And obviously search, it brings up SEO, it brings up content, it brings up pay-per-click. Things yeah. that, you know, they're not sexy, no. but it, it's a critical touch point that you can't ignore. Yeah, like we're in our space, you know, search volumes have gone up for certain terms, anywhere from 23% to 80%. So if you're not present in that activity, <laughs> you're, you're in yeah, difficulties. Uh, I'm sure social platforms usage has gone through the roof as well. I don't know the exact figures. Um, and then, as you say, email is just and there's so there's still quite a lot of poor email communication, yeah. or unpersonalized or 
just the same thing over and over again. And I think people have an opportunity to think, hang on, I need to talk. I've got an opportunity to talk to these customers, not just kind of shout at them uh, because they're now taking the time to read my emails probably more than they did in the past. So if I had that customer sitting in front of me in uh, in their living room, what would I say to them? And I think, you know, that people need to think about their emails. They've got pots and pots typically of, of leads or databases. You know, let's revisit. And, and an email doesn't have to be just boring. It can be nice and interactive. It can bring you to the right place. And the landing pages can be cool. Um, and you can have nice messaging and you give people stuff and you can bring influencers in on your landing pages and so on. So, uh, you know, it, it can be brought to life more as well. Yeah, and the technology with marketing automation, the technology oh, exists yeah. for personalization at scale, right? And really leveraging that data for, for a lot of different reasons. So yeah. awesome. So so Ken, uh, f- for those listeners that want to find out more about the Digital Marketing Institute, what would be the best way to to find out about the organization or, or, or give it a test spin? So you can come to our shop. No, <laughs> you can... Uh... Visit the website, which is the longest URL in the world, which is digitalmarketinginstitute.com, and you'll find out all all about the options we have uh, for people right there. So uh, I've been preaching about the website being the most important vehicle for a company. So all your listeners can come along and and challenge our website and tell us how we can improve. So they'll find all the information there. But correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you do a complete revamp of the website like last year? Yeah, yeah, so it is a beautiful website, and that's why I'm happy to give that to you. <laughs> <laughs> and the URL has all those keywords for good SEL. So. Correct. So there is that benefit. It's not as sexy as you say, but it does work. Yeah, it works. Awesome. Well, Ken, thank you so much uh, You know, for being on the podcast. Any last-minute advice for the listeners? Any points you want to make sure people uh, are aware of going forward? Well, I, I think we've covered everything, Neil. I, I've really enjoyed our discussion, and, and I hope people get something out of the, the chat that we've had. Awesome. Tough times out there for some people, and it and an opportunistic times for others. So that's the- yeah, I, I believe so as well. I know we we started off on extremely negative news. Yeah, um, I know. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring us there, but I remember the first two weeks in March, and I saw I was looking at traffic on onto the website. It was just down at the you know lowest level for ages, and then from then on, after two weeks, I think uh, we we got into opportunity mode, and we've seen a, a great increase in our business since then. Yeah, that's excellent. All right. All right, Cheers, everybody. Man. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Ken. Uh, definitely check out digitalmarketinginstitute.com. We'll have that URL in the show notes for the, the poor spellers that might be listening. And, uh, <laughs> thanks, and thanks again for being on the podcast. And uh, everybody have a great day. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about transforming your marketing career through certified online training, head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com. Thanks for listening.